Welcome to the For the Throne Dynasty Podcast. Starring your defending champion, Randy of House Santarelli, Ryan of House Palmer, Logan of House Meyer, Tyler of House Para, Danny of House Sladke, Jake of House Hollyfield, Andy of House Pollock, Michael of House Sladke, Justin of House St. Peter, Steve of House Ellinger, Garrett of House Sturkin, and Will of House Larson. Welcome into this episode of For the Throne Dynasty Podcast. Week one of the NFL season is in the books. Week one of the Gulag Elimination Guillotine League is also in the book. I am joined by Justin. We are going to open up today by talking about the Gulag and the crazy week one that went down. What were your thoughts on week one of the Gulag? Man, with 32 teams, uh, some of those scores were a little rough. Uh, some of the guys you had on the benches were reminiscent of some of the sarcastic ball players for a little <laughs> bit. Um, but uh, it was interesting. Uh, there were some really good teams that got eliminated. Uh, we'll start talking about that in a second. But I'm just happy to survive in advance. That's all you got to do in this league. Forgetting completely about Randy donating his $20 to the Gulag. And regardless, his team would have survived had he stayed in. And I think he had four positions without a starter. Yeah, um, I'm looking at his team right now. We'll go through it. He had a, he did not have a QB. He had Ezekiel Elliott, who scored 27. J.K. Dobbins, who had 14. Terry McLaurin at 11. And then because he auto-drafted and donated his 20 bucks, he didn't have a wide receiver, tight end, or a second um, flex, or a flex. And then he had a kicker, Dan Bailey, at four. Four Niners defense had one point, and he had Philip Dorsett in his bench. Everybody else was either on IR, injured, or suspended. Um, that auto drafted because Randy donated his twenty dollars. Safe to say that those people that were injured did not call Gruber Law Offices. <laughs> one call, and that's all. So, the team that I am looking at is, I guess he's called Slap Nuts. It seems that his, his his real name is Sean. He is a buddy of one of my friends, Steve. And looking at his lineup here, he did not have... Well, you know what? Actually, he had every single position. But look, at, listen to some of these point values. Fitzpatrick was his quarterback with 5.4. James Conner was his running back with 3.7. His second running back was LaShawn McCoy with 1.2. He did have Allen Robinson with a solid game, but then his second wide, second wideout, another bear, Cordero Patterson with 4.1. Tyler Higbee tight end at 7, and then his flex was Jack Doyle with 7.9. His defense had one point in the Dolphins, and then Nick Folk was his kicker with two points. Even with a full lineup, he still scored less than Randy's opting out team. That's pathetic. That's pretty bad, and there's a reason he's now gone. And Debo Samuel was dropped as well, so he was trying to stash Debo. He thought he was going to make it a little bit, and he did not. Looking at some of the highest points, just wanted to talk about some of the scores. The highest score of the week was Joe, and Joe had 137.02. The lowest score was 44. So Joe scored 90 points higher than the lowest score. And it's what's crazy is if Randy's team would have made it because um, Ryan's old roommate Drew only scored fifty one, didn't have a tight end, didn't have a quarterback, did not have a defense, and then Ryan scored fifty two, and he didn't have a kicker. Yep, and I believe yeah, and wow, uh, Randy would have survived in advance with that skeleton of a roster. It's, it's sad that Randy had to donate that 20 bucks because he had something there. The worst thing about that Drew, his team, is when we were in the draft, Trubisky was the only starting quarterback left, and he took foals over Trubisky. <laughs> <laughs> true. Very true. 
Let's take a look at our waivers just ran today. There was 16 players that were claimed off of buy, with the big ones being Ezekiel Elliott and J.K. Dobbins. The third highest was Allen Robinson, and then we also had um, Terry, Terry McLaurin. McLaurin. Yeah, with 200. So looking at some of these, so for those of you that are listening and you are not in the guillotine or you don't know much about it, uh, it's it, it started last year, or actually two years ago. Uh, 18 teams each week. The lowest scorer is eliminated. This year, I took it up a notch. I went to 32 full teams. Two teams are eliminated every week. The waiver budget is $1,000 for the entire season. With that in mind, Ezekiel Elliott was claimed today for $853. It was insane. J.K. Dobbins was the closest bid. Next closest bid was like five hundred and sixty. No, Tyler put a, put a bid in for eight hundred on the dot. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay, eight hundred. That's right. That's right. My yeah. Bad. So the person that he dropped, so Tyler actually claimed J.K. Dobbins for five hundred dollars. So fifty percent of his budget. Uh, I don't know how that's going to necessarily go. I know that J.K. Dobbins had a great start to the year, but also it's not like Mark Ingram is a bum. Uh, I'm curious mm-hmm. what's going to happen going forward. I think Mark Ingram is going to stay relevant. J.K. Dobbins is very exciting because he has a very high ceiling. But we will see in a short amount of time if Tyler regrets that decision because he also dropped a lot of money, $200, on Allen Robinson. Now, Allen Robinson has been dealing with some drama in the last couple weeks. I know that he is pissed at the Chicago Bears, as he rightfully should be. He's one of the top wide receivers, and even with – poor quarterback play he continues to ball out and uh he deleted like everything about the bears on all his social media Uh, he did not demand a trade but we'll see what happens there i don't think that's of any concern at all but so he starts out with only 300 dollars left in his fab after getting jk dobbins and alan robinson to add to his current roster then you had a ryan who didn't have a kicker and he dropped thirty six dollars for Dan Bailey. That's not on his roster. That's, that's a, a little... <laughs> yeah. That's a yikes because no one else put a claim in for Dan Bailey. Thirty six dollars straight into the garbage for Dan Bailey. So we're gonna wrap up here with the gulag. I want to send you out on one message from our good friend Robin Aaron. Goodbye through the moon door. On to the next one. Let's talk about some cookies. So last week I kind of talked about what a cookie is. We're going to do something a little fun every week. We're going to optimize the starting lineup across our league from our starters. Keep a running total of both players and teams that get the most cookies on the season. So let's start off. Um, We're going to take turns with positions. I will start with quarterback. The best quarterback of the week started goes out to Amelia Clark fan with Russell Wilson, he was, yes, indeed, Mr. Unlimited this week. They unleashed Russell. If that keeps going go, um, if that keeps going for the rest of the season, watch out for Russell Wilson. Watch out for those Seahawks. So Russell Wilson at 39.78. That is the high for quarterback this week. Yeah, that was, that was incredible. Uh, so then I have the running backs where we had uh, top scoring running back this week was Josh Jacobs from Sterk. He had 35.9 points. And the second highest was Christian McCaffrey. Surprise, surprise. We'll see his name a lot this year. Um, Danny had him and he had 28 and a half points. Let's move on to the wide receivers then. And the best performer across all positions, Devontae Adams for Justin with 41.6 points. He ripped apart that trash young viking secondary moving (laughs) dude they're like so young inexperienced but it's like Mm -hmm. you know vikings have a solid defense did not realize how bad that secondary is horrible (laughs) yeah that was rough but uh it was very fun for us backer fans and for Devontae adam owners second wide receiver kelvin ridley from jake cascade bear with 33.9 points 
I expect to see a lot of good things from Calvin Ridley this year. Let's go on to you with tight end. Uh, then we go back to Amelia Clark fan against me. Uh, had Dallas Goddard, the top scoring tight end this week, with 24.1 points. And I will take on the flex. <laughs> Look oh, at this. Interesting. <laughs> I have both flex players in an optimized lineup. First with DeAndre Hopkins. He got the game ball in Arizona. They upset the San Francisco 49ers. 30.1 points from DeAndre Hopkins. The second flex, Adam Thielen. A lot of that was garbage time, I'll be honest. 32 points for Adam Thielen versus Green Bay. So uh, we go back to that Green Bay-Minnesota game where Tyler had Mason Crosby, uh, who had 12 points, uh, the top kicker this past week. I'll move on to the best defensive lineman. Man, was he a beast this past week. Chase Young. Ryan, Prince Palmer with the cookie, 10.5 points for Chase Young. He was a monster in getting to the quarterback. Yeah, then uh, we get Lefty's second cookie of the week with Buda Baker, the top linebacker with 12.5 points. Defensive back. Hey, linebacker or DB. It's, oh, he's a, he's a, I just saw that. He's a mix. Interesting. Yep. Okay, so uh, Jerome Baker gets the next cookie. Now, we all thought it was preposterous when Little Slads kept him in the keeper draft before we started our expansion. 20 points for Jerome Baker for Little Slads. Far and away the highest IDP score this week of anyone. So, I mean, maybe he knew something that we didn't. Um, And then our final spot in the starting lineup was actually a tie with Buda Baker. We had Miles Jack uh, with Danny at 12 and a half points as well. That cookie team would have been ridiculous. Like our top score this past week was 208, I believe. If we had the optimized cookie lineup, it was 333.38 points. That team ain't losing to anybody. No. <laughs> so let's take a look at who leads the year with cookies right now we have a four-way tie at the top between randy danny logan and tyler with two cookies each and then we have five with one we have stirk justin jake ryan and little slads all with one we have not seen andy will Sadface, and Spaceballs yet receive a cookie hopefully this next week so Let's hear from our good friend, the Cookie Monster. Cookie! We're going to come right back, and we're going to talk about the NFL Week 1, some trades we saw go down in For the Throne, and waivers. So let's review what happened this past week in the NFL. But you know what? There was a lot of injuries, <laughs> and that's the that's the worst part about it. So let's start on Thursday night. Thursday night we had the Chiefs defeat the Texans. Uh, Bill O'Brien did not get his way, and uh, I don't know what was it, what was your highlight if, from that game. If you had to pick one, uh, the Chiefs didn't offense didn't play that great, and they scored thirty four points and won by fourteen. Yeah. That chief that Chiefs offense is scary as hell. Lizard and the Tux, and Bill O'Brien has no idea what the hell he's doing at any point in his life. Yeah. That was my life from that game. Yeah, it was very evident that they needed a wide receiver one in Houston. If only they had one. Oh yeah, it's really hard to get one of those, but I think they could have maybe going into the year. But <laughs> we also had a pretty pathetic display of fandom from the Chiefs, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, let's move on to the next one. Chargers. Chargers versus the Bengals. The fa- the famous Fat Randy <laughs> bluff blunder. So, oh, man. I know Fat Randy is your gulag kicker, so uh, I know I was like, when AJ Green caught that touchdown, I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Another typical Chargers loss. P.I. called. I know you didn't like the P.I. I'll tell you what, that one was more 
obvious than the one in a later game we're going to talk about, but uh, you did not like it, right? I didn't like it at first, and after seeing a few highlights or replays of it, I'm like, okay, I can I can understand why it was called, but at the same time, I like blood in the player's play. Um, I'm fine with the call now. I the, on upon review, I'm fine with it. Joshua Kelly looked sexy in that game. He was good. <laughs> like, I love Eckler, but Joshua Kelly's the real deal. I'm looking forward to see what he does moving forward. Uh, but anyways, Fat Randy, he is Randy Bullock. He is the kicker for the Cincinnati Bengals, is slash was. He kicked it. It was an obvious shank, and the moment he saw it was a shank, started grabbing his hamstring, fell to the ground. I 100% guarantee that was faked. Well, he was limited in practice the last two days. So, um, yeah, what I heard also is he, quote-unquote, hurt his right hamstring in the game. But then when he was being interviewed by media the next day at practice, he was talking about his left hamstring. <laughs> Quite sketchy. <laughs> so, well, Joe Burr did everything he could to get the Bengals in position to win his first start. That last drive was really good mm-hmm. until Fat Randy hit. Now, um, a really interesting fiasco as well is Cleveland cut their kicker. Uh, 30 minutes after the game, he missed an extra point and one field goal. Bengals picked him up. Bengals play the Browns tomorrow. Uh, Fat Randy and the Browns kicker are both on the same team now. So it's going to be interesting if if Fat Randy or Austin Siebert is going to be the kicker. What's even crazier is that uh, I've been looking back and forth, and uh, my fiance's kicker is Austin Siebert, and my kicker is Randy Bullock. <laughs> So we've got to figure out who's playing tomorrow. Uh, so. <laughs> Seahawks, we already talked a little bit about that in the previous section. Mr. Eliminated was wild, uh, throwing touchdowns left and right. He had four of them, um, and just crazy. We'll see if that continues up. Chris Carson had a solid game regardless as well. Moving mm-hmm. on, to, do you have any thoughts on that game? Um smash all of matt ryan all of the falcons receivers hayden hurst they're going to be playing a lot of games from behind and they're going to get Gage all the points russell, russell gage, gage was solid mm-hmm. uh hayden hurst had a kind of disappointing game but also i think he was targeting heavily those wide receivers i think hayden hurst is just fine uh the washington football team put the smackdown on the philadelphia eagles and i was amazed i know the deep they're D-line is great, and the Eagles had so many injuries on the offensive line, but Carson Wentz was a uh, Carson Wentz got hit almost every play. It was it was crazy. Uh, no one would have expected the, the football team to beat the Eagles this week. Yeah, 104 points for Carson Wentz in our statistical analyst league, which you get awarded points for negative plays. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. Let's move on to the Bills and the Jets. So the Bills beat the Jets 27-17. to Adam Gaze did his typical thing. Uh, Le'Veon Bell got hurt. And <laughs> Gaze put him back into the game. And we know that there's a rivalry between Gaze and Bell. The footballers were joking and saying how, you know, isn't it a coincidence how he puts Le'Veon Bell back in the game, he gets even more hurt. And this paves the way for the Infinity Stone, Frank Gore. <laughs> He loves Frank Gore, and they just got Kalen Blage. Uh, and on the footballers, they were talking about put the two together. It sounds like that backfield, Gore Blage, a.k.a. garbage. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> so uh, uh, Josh Josh Allen, very, very mobile. Uh, he was over 300 yards passing. He did have <laughs> seem to have a very good rapport with stefan diggs and then on the other side jameson crowder was a stud he's a little banged up we'll see if he plays this week yeah um then we had go back to the packers vikings games that was the high scoring that was the highest scoring game of the week that was so much fun as a packer fan to watch the packers offense on uh, the first half couldn't do a goal line offense to save their life uh then they just poured it on and aaron Rodgers was flinging it all over the field the Vikings' defense left a lot to be desired, but then in the second half, so did the Packers. Uh, you're going to have to smash a lot of uh, like buttons on those uh, Packers and Vikings 
offenses for fantasy purposes coming forward because both of their defenses were not Yikes. impressive. Yeah. Marcus Valdez, Scantling, Alan Lazard, both pretty solid games for the Packers. Tight end, less desirable. <laughs> let's move on yeah. to the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions, where let's just say DeAndre Swift dropped the game. Lions blew a 23-3 lead, uh, lost to the Bears 27-3 on a, according to ESPN, perfectly lofted 27-yard pass to Anthony Miller from Mitchell Trubisky. Bears won 27-3. Gross. 27-23, sorry. Yeah, that Don't was quite... Don't have anything to say about that game. <laughs> quite, quite the comeback by the Bears. Congrats. Golf clap. We'll move on. Um, <laughs> the the Raiders Panthers that was a game that was played, um, yeah, we'll move on. Uh, the Jaguars Colts, uh, the Colts, uh, Philip Rivers was down in the fourth quarter again, and he didn't get it done again. Choke. It was just like a flashback of him with the Chargers. Yep. Speaking of the Chargers, by the way, Tyrod Taylor is not good. <laughs> Like he's a, he's a great person and a great teammate, but he's not a good quarterback. I think we may lose by thirty against the Chiefs this week. It will not be good. Move on to the Patriots and the Dolphins. Patriots beat the Dolphins twenty-one to eleven. What in the world? <laughs> Fitzpatrick looked bad. I don't know if it's two a time yet. Cam Newton ran all over Miami. He looked back to his old self. I'll be honest. He did seem to struggle a little bit with the deep ball, but. I did like seeing Cam back to his normal self running. And uh, we had a famous quote from Bill Belichick after the game. He was asked by media what he thought. Has he ever seen something quite like having no fans in the stands? And he said, quote, yes, period, practice, period, end quote. (laughs) (laughs) Julian Edelman, five catches for 57 yards. Uh, No matter who they play, if you have a competent defense, they're going to probably double him every time they have no other options speaking of the colts and jaguars i know you mentioned it but Minshew mania is back jacksonville back fans in jacksonville they were in the stands not wearing masks (laughs) jonathan taylor the jacksonville florida men oh my gosh yes (laughs) jonathan taylor the guy moving forward marlon mack tours achilles uh tough 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 because he's a very good running back uh, and Jacksonville side, we had James Robinson. Actually, a very solid game for running backs, and uh, he will be interesting moving forward with Jacksonville. Gardner, we'll see what happens. Uh, Jaguars start off 1-0, not one of many people thought. Yeah, so then we move on to the uh, afternoon games, I believe, where uh, the Cardinals, uh, with a late score, beat the 49ers. Kyler Murray is for real he is going to be a top five fantasy qb we've been saying it all off season he ran all over the 49ers he was throwing it everywhere deandre hopkins looks incredible um yeah the cardinals are going to be a really tough team to beat 49ers looked okay their defense wasn't great and they just lost their top two cornerbacks to injury um and george George Kittle is a question mark because yeah. of that knee injury he suffered. So we'll see. But the Cardinals going forward, they look really good. Jimmy G looked rough. 19 for 33. He was overthrowing a lot of guys. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, let's, let's talk about a game that was not close at all. The Ravens beat the Browns 38-6. to uh, Browns, nothing to say there. Just an absolute dumpster fire. I don't believe in Baker anymore. I thought I could give him a couple chances. We'll see what happens tomorrow. But uh, yikes. And then Ravens, Lamar Jackson did his thing. It's about as simple as it was. J.K. Dobbins had a great game. We'll see if he takes on a role moving forward. I know Lefty's going to be hoping to do a backflip as a result of J.K. Dobbins helping his gulag team. (laughs) True. Um, And then we had the supposed game of the week, the Saints-Buccaneers. Tom Brady did a great Jameis Winston impression in this game. Uh, Threw a pick six, threw a second pick. Uh, the, the Buccaneers just look like they had a lot of new pieces on that team, and it looks like it's going to take them a, a couple of weeks to kind of get adjusted. And the Saints just looked really good. 
Um, we'll have to see how badly Michael Thomas is injured. I'm amazed he's not in the IR right now after all the reports that came out. But the Saints look like a top five team again this year. The Buccaneers look like that'll be a little bit of work to happen before that happens. Let's move on to that night game. So the Rams beat the Dallas Cowboys 20-17. to Did they really beat them, though? Because they shouldn't have. Should have at least gone to overtime. Michael Gallup should have had about a 50-60 yard catch. A absolutely horrible flop by Jalen Ramsey. He's a veteran. He knows how to get away with that stuff. But, man, I know you did not like that call at all, correct? No, not at all. That was a really, really soft call. Um, also, on that fourth down, um, the previous possession, fourth and three at the 13, well, Blake Jarwin, the starting tight end for the Cowboys, tore his ACL, and the backup tight end uh, didn't run deep enough. So C.D. Lamb ran a two-yard crossing route on a three-yard play and was tackled short. Well, if you look at the highlight, he actually ran into the tight end because the tight end didn't get out of the way in time. Oh, my gosh. And that's what screwed the Cowboys. <laughs> uh, so the Cowboys kind of did it to themselves, and then they kind of got screwed in that long touchdown and that long uh, PI play. What do you think about Zeke's tat? Yikes. <laughs> in the words of Stirk Daddy, yikes. Yeah, but Goff did not look good. He has those games where he doesn't look good either. I mean, it's still through for 275, but um, not many passing yards. That backfield's going to be interesting, though, because I know you have Cam Akers, and he was solid, I'll be honest. But also, Malcolm Brown looked great, efficient, very, very solid for that offense. Curious what that's going to look like going forward. Yeah, I hope they figure out that Cam Akers is the better back for my case, yeah, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> Let's move on to Monday night, two more games. So moving on, first game, Steelers and the Giants. Steelers beat the Giants 26-16. Ben, Big Ben is back. Uh, bigger than Ben. Watch it on YouTube. Very hyped up <laughs> recovery video uh, for Ben. And uh, 26-16, of course, like always, James Conner was hurt. And who knows when he's going to be playable or not. Because every time you play him, he scores like two points. Benny Snell, Benny Snell on the other side. 19 carries for 113. Darius Slayton, six catches, 102 yards, and two touchdowns. That's fucking great. Mm -hmm. And the Giants, going to be interesting, though, because Saquon looked bad. However, the Steelers, their defense is incredible. That front D-line is so good. I know there was a point where Saquon had, like, negative three yards rushing. Yeah, um, I saw a stat today that Saquon faced a defender um, – when Saquon got the ball, there was usually a defender in his face. Um, he averaged point negative point seven yards before contact from a defender. The Giants could not block for him. That meant when he got the ball, he was a yard behind the line of scrimmage before he'd get hit by a Steeler every single play. If the Giants line is going to be like that, Saquon uh, used, uh, people are going to be uh, very nervous this year. And then the last game, it went so late. I can't believe I stayed up for this. It was literally the most boring game I've ever seen. Titans won 16-14. They should not have won. Gostowski missed, what, three or four field goals and an extra point. Well, actually, if you think about it, they left all those points on the on the ground, on the the field there. They could have won 26-14 yeah. if all of those kicks went. God. The Broncos just looked bad on offense. Jerry Judy was exciting, though. I know he only had... Um, about 9.5 fantasy points, but he was he was definitely something special. His routes that he were running was running was great. He is going to be a great guy out of the slot, it seems like, when Sutton comes back. Yeah, and uh, Noah Fant looked great. Yeah. Um, that was a good, a great first half, and then they never went to him in the second half. So let's move on. We just talked about the NFL. We are going to talk a little bit about some trades that went down. So, oh, by the way, McCarthy, what would you think about his debut? <laughs> I wrote down McCarthy, McCarthying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, th I thought it was okay. He They showed some stuff. Then he had some um, complete blunders. And then looking back at that fourth down play, I thought that was the right call. But they fucked it up because Jarwin got hurt. I don't know. It'll be tough to see. But I, I like McCarthy as a guy. So we'll see if he can do something with the Cowboys. So let's talk about some trades that we had in the last week. We had four of them. 
First one, let's talk about it. It's the fiasco. Andy gets Leonard Fournette. And Jamie Collins, who, by the way, just got ejected for headbutting a ref, which, by the way, he also flopped. Yes, he did. <laughs> so, so the backstory is Jamie Collins was trying to explain to the ref what happened on, like, a previous play or something. But I guess he made a brief amount of contact, and then the ref just, like, flopped over. And then the ref ejected him. Yeah. <laughs> so it was Leonard Fournette and Jamie Collins, which you guys saw what Leonard Fournette did in week one. Yikes. Uh, for for it was originally those two for Tyler Lockett to Ryan, and our league went into an absolute uproar, uh, primarily stemming from Ryan or Randy and um, Little Slads, and I was upset about it. But me as a commissioner, I obviously have to say neutral ground. I'd rather hear from others first. But to be honest, that was a complete horrible trade. Nothing on Ryan, though. He did not offer it. It's not like he was trying to rip her off. And, oh, my God. Just so bad. I mean, if, if we would have seen this trade about a month ago, no one would have cared. Like, before he was cut, before he went to Tampa, everybody would have been like, all right, fine. You know, it's it's whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a lot of debates. I know that it was me, you, Will. Will and Randy were going at it. And, yes, you know, they were. Yeah, and, and – uh, I do, to an extent, understand Will's argument about you have to take the consequences of moves you make. But at the same time, we know the current state of Andy's team and we know the state of Ryan's team. It would be a move that would shift the balance of our league rather in a large fashion, I would think, because it was not as close. So um, we had a lot of debates. You know, we were talking about who could Ryan potentially throw in to make this deal happen? Personally, I didn't necessarily want the move to be completely canceled because we know that Andy needs running backs. So I approached Ryan and said, hey, you know, we've, we've been discussing. I know you really want Tyler Lockett. What do you think about getting Anthony Miller in this trade or giving it away? And uh, he said, yeah, you know what? I can do it. And I know he was wanting to keep Anthony Miller, but I know that he's very understanding of the perspective of what others were thinking of. Yes, Anthony Miller is a, is an interesting guy, but if you look at Andy's team, it's going to be like a starter for her. Uh, Ryan, Tyler Lockett, I mean, he's got a little bit of injury going on in his side with Galladay. Uh, with Lockett, though, it's going to be like an instant starter for him. So I think he, he definitely understands, and we're moving on. It, it, it was for the better of our league, let's just say. Yeah, um, I was in some of those debates too, and I did not like the trade as it was, but I don't, I wasn't sure if it was enough to veto, and I know there was two votes for it. Um, I'm glad that they were able to come to an agreement and make it happen, and now Ryan's team is stacked, even more than it already was. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I'll give the win. I'll give the win to Ryan, uh, but I can understand. And it, the worst thing about this is Andy's like, no, I want to drop Anthony Miller. I'm like, no, you're not dropping him. It was, literally, the league is looking out for you. We're trying to do you a favor so you don't completely shit your team. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't know about that part, but all right, yeah. Yeah, and then so Ronald Jones looked really, really good. Uh, like, mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not saying that from a biased standpoint, but he looked good. And Tom Brady even like was commenting about how good he looked. Bruce Arians was talking about Bruce Arians. He's just a blunt guy anyways. He was saying that Tom Brady – was the reason they lost against the Saints. <laughs> like, not not good for a first battle Hall of Famer, the GOAT. But uh, Tom Brady supposedly was fine with the criticism, which is which is interesting. Let's move on to the second trade then. So we have uh, a Devin Singletary, Deontay Johnson trade. So Jake received Deontay Johnson, wide receiver, young wide receiver, from the Pittsburgh Steelers, and a third-round pick. Little Slaz received Devin Singletary. I'll give my personal opinion. I think this is about as even as you can get. Deontay Johnson, Devin Singletary, both young, exciting prospects. Jake also gets a third-round pick. Very smart move in my eyes for Jake because Jake is already a running back fetish team. He doesn't necessarily need all the running backs that he has. He gets a young, exciting prospect in Deontay Johnson. On the other hand, then, Little Slads gets a young, exciting pass-catching running back with Buffalo. I don't know what his ceiling is, though, because Zach Moss in week one looked really good as well for Buffalo. 
Yeah, he did. Um, I actually like that for a little slide, just a tiny bit more. Uh, Deontay Johnson is a young and exciting prospect, like you were saying. Um, but I think Devin Singletary right now is as a starting running back in Buffalo in a run heavy system that could be a, a little slads, not a huge win, but I think it, it's a, it's a solid win for those lads. Third trade then was a Rex Burkhead, sexy Rexy deal. So Andy received Rex Burkhead. You got a six round pick personally right now. I mean, it's about the most minor of a win possible for Andy because it's a six round pick. <laughs> so like, I know that you got her six, which is most likely going to be 601, 602, one of the two. Um, mm-hmm. But she gets an actual playable running back. And this was before she made the, the move that we're about to talk about. So, I mean, I'll give her a minor edge because it's like we don't really know what that six-round pick is going to look like for you. Yeah, I mean, I had Rex Burkhead as, a, as an insurance piece, and I'm really not sure going forward how big of a role he's going to have. But she needed a running back, and I figured I'd get a late-round pick, and I offered it to her. Took, took her a couple days and she responded and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, cool. We made the trade. Sweet. Yeah. I got another pick. Yeah, but it's not like it's a loss by any means for you. So, No. So let's move on to the fourth and final trade that we have seen. Just went down last night as I was ready to go to bed. Andy received Malcolm Brown. As I kind of talked about previously, he looked good. And uh, she gave up her two or she gave up her second round pick to Sturt Daddy. And originally, I'm like, oh, man, Andy run, won this trade. You know, like, he's solid, you know, only giving up a second. And I'm like, wait a second. That pick's probably going to be the 201, 202, 203. One of those three. So looking forward now, I'm like, you know what? I think Sturk actually is going to win that trade in the end. We'll see who he gets, though. Yeah. Um, the the running back carousel in, in uh, L.A., will be interesting to see who can win that one. But right now, Annie needs a running back one, and that was a good trade for her because yeah. she has all of the, she has all the draft capital. This is the point where she needs to start getting players that she can play every week. And Malcolm Brown's one of them. So then let's move on to waivers a little bit. So Ryan, what are you doing, Wagner? Ryan spent $32 <laughs> on Kalen Balage, who was just picked up. He was literally like practice squad bound. And then he's picked up by, of course, Adam Gaze, who the footballers call number two, a.k.a. shit, Mr. B-hole, <laughs> picks him up. He is going to run the hell out of Frank Gore. And then <laughs> he might skip over Josh Adams, who actually looked okay with the Jets. And he might go right to Kalen Balage. Dude, how, do, how does Adam Gaze have a job? I do not understand it to this point. Nope. Don't forget LaMichael Pirine, the rookie. Who yeah, was he was injured last, last week. I know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't understand that. I don't. If he makes it through the year, I'll be surprised. If he, if Adam Gase is the coach next year for the Jets, all the Jets fans should just quit. I don't understand that at all. Dude, Greenlight Podcast, Chris Long. He was talking about. He's like, next year doesn't matter if it's midseason or afterwards. There's no way Gase makes it through the year, and he said like. All the Jets fans are super excited because they're like, then Darnold can finally have a competent coaching staff. Because like, <laughs> Darnold's getting kind of screwed. I'll be honest. He's not. Oh, yeah. He's I. I'll make a, a kind of a controversial take. He is not a bad quarterback by any means. He has gotten no weapons since he entered the league. He has no offensive line, horrible defense. So he's forced to throw the ball. So it's mm-hmm. like you're, you're putting all that together and. Darnold has not gotten the absolute best opportunity he can possibly have. I think he's gotten a big shaft. Him and Josh Rosen, Josh Chosen Rosen, have <laughs> gotten shafted, I think, a little bit so far. And and that happens, unfortunately, to some good NFL prospects. Shout out Josh Rosen chilling in uh, stands <laughs> in his, po- his polo and his mask. It's so funny that they do that because it's just like, okay – they're allowed to do that with this season of COVID and, and potential injuries. Cause it's like, okay, your whole, your whole quarterback room goes down. All right, Josh, go to the locker room, get your pads on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next will gets duplicate player back. Welcome back. My friend, you were missed. No clue how he ended up finding him. <laughs> I, I don't either. I, I don't, I still don't understand how sleeper has not found him and gotten rid of him in the, 
yeah. system. I think it might be just because that so many people have them on their rosters that they would fuck some people over. <laughs> at the same time, you're never going to play duplicate player. I dare Will to play duplicate player this week. You heard it here first on For the Throne Dynasty Podcast. Will, the dare is on the line. It is a dare. Justin, are you willing to double dare? <laughs> sure, how a double dare. All right, Will, it's official. It's in It's in contractual talk. You need to start duplicate player. All right, moving on. Miles Gaskin. <laughs> that was a good pickup by Will. Uh, I actually put a bid in for him as well. He was the most used running back with Miami. They got Jordan Howard there, and they got Matt Breida. Both of them were pretty much useless. <laughs> so, and the offensive line, they're very, very young. We'll see what happens with Gaskin moving forward. Tyler got Alden Smith. I was beyond fucking pissed about that. I really liked him. Five years out of the league, and he came back looking like he had not even left. He is a stud. I'm glad that he got his personal stuff together. He's going to be a nice ad for Dallas. And, of course, it would be Dallas to take a risk on a guy like that. I'm hoping that he continues to do that. Logan Thomas. Very interesting story for those of you that don't know anything about Logan Thomas. He was actually a quarterback for the longest of times with Arizona. And he is now a kind of transferred over to a tight end with the Washington football team. And guess what? He was the most targeted option with the Washington football team this last week. Justin gets him. Yeah, uh, my tight end room is pretty sad. So I went and got the starter. And I do remember Logan Thomas playing. I'm pretty sure he played at Virginia Tech. Um, and then was played a little bit with the Cardinals. Now he's a tight end. I'm all for it. I'm probably starting him this week. So go Logan Thomas. And then Randy got Corey Clement. I don't know where the heck that came from. Is he? Does he think that Corey Clement is the handcuff for Miles Sanders? Uh, not over Boston Scott, but no, not a chance. Maybe, uh, maybe he thinks in case there's an injury or something. I, I don't know. He doesn't. He's got um, great running backs, a handcuff, but like no actual depth beyond that. So maybe he just wanted to get a depth piece. Um, yep. And then you went and picked up uh, Willie Sneed. Yep. Uh, Interesting. Just kind before. of a what? Yeah, you had Andy Isabella on your roster yep. for all of like four or five days before you switched him for Sneed. Yeah, Isabella. I, I I like Isabella. I I like his long term output to be honest, because Larry Sanders or Larry Sanders, holy shit. <laughs> Larry <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald is not gonna be there for a long time. So Andy Isabella kinda has that role and uh he's not used that much. He Hakeem Butler just got cut by Arizona. So it'll be interesting. But also it's like, okay, am I just going to wait at that point? I'd rather have a guy that, you know, is involved. And to be honest, Willie Snead could probably be the wide receiver two on that team. Miles Boykins there, Devin DuVernay. But Willie Snead was the most targeted. I'm going to hold on to him temporarily and see what happens. Yeah, sounds good. And then there's some other smaller uh, roster spots exchanged for very little money. We'll see if they all work out. We'll be right back to talk about both the matchups that happened this past week and a preview of this upcoming week. So the first week one matchup we'll talk about is my uh, tough defeat to Amelia Clark, otherwise known as Randy. Uh, even with a few injuries on Randy's side, my team was not up to snuff. Um, uh, if I would have started the right running back, tight end, and quarterback, I actually would have won this matchup. Uh, but when I have Dak and Kyler, it's kind of tough to know week to week. And I wasn't sure about Jonathan Taylor. And when Marlene Mack tore his Achilles, he became RB1. Um, so that was rough. Uh, but Randy, uh, when you have 39.7 points from Russell Wilson, Julio Jones, and Dallas Goddard go off, uh, he was pretty set. Um, he won that matchup 173.78 to 154.24 and is on his way to attempt a repeat at his crown for this year. We'll move on to uh, Logan's matchup with Johnny Sins in the Flex, where you beat Team Spaceballs by 24. Um, when you have Pat Mahomes go out for 24, even with Saquon not doing that greatest and James Conner getting hurt, you were really helped by your flex spots uh, in the wide receivers where you had Thielen and um, DeAndre Hopkins, were the two cookie winners. Um, Jerry Judy looked pretty damn good. AJ Green got a bunch of targets. Um, and your defensive guys did their thing. 
um, beyond Yannick Ngakwe. Yikes. Um, then uh, Spaceballs just had some solid solid performances all around and was really held uh, propelled by Deshaun Watson and Zeke. Um, and the rest of the team was just kind of there. Um, so Logan, a top team going into the year, will start off 1-0 and have a great matchup this week against Randy. We move on to mat- matchup number three, where we have team backflip doing as many backflips as he possibly can after the huge upset uh, from beating over Will, who changed his name for the 70th time into the 1929 stock market crash. Uh, Will was projected to score 180 points and ended up with 112. Tyler was projected to score 145 and and won with 125 points. Um, Tyler was led by Matt Ryan with 27.9 points. And beyond that, like, that was his big scorer. He had a couple guys that had, like, 10 or 12 points, but that was pretty much it. Uh, Will had Tom Brady score 25 and had... Aaron Rodgers on his bench with 38.7. If he just flips QBs, uh, Will has the win. Um, Yikes. Uh, And then he's got a bunch of question marks going forward with Godwin in the concussion protocol. Thomas doubtful. Le'Veon Bell on the IR. Will's team, not a good week one to remember. Um, I I still think he's got a great team, but uh, it'll be tough for a few weeks. Uh, then we move on to what well, we'll save that matchup because that's probably the best matchup we'll see in sleeper this year. Um, then we'll go to Cascade Bear and Jake with put the smackdown on Andy 144 to 99.7. And this is where Jake started seat covers, otherwise known as ba- Baker Mayfield. <laughs> and- <laughs> what? I don't understand that nickname. <laughs> Long live uh, seat covers. <laughs> I, I, I do. It was one of the commercials that he just post, um, posted. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, Baker Mayfield had 12 points as a starting QB, and he also started Marlon Mack, who tore his Achilles. Um, he was really, really helped by Calvin Ridley with 33.9 and Mark Andrews at 22.8. Um, I think think moving forward, seat covers will be, probably be sitting on his bench because uh, they'll probably have Drew Locke or David Carr as starters. Uh, Andy really struggled this week. It was good to see Joe Burrow get a 17-point um, game on his, in his first matchup. But beyond that, John Brown scored 19, and none of the rest of Andy's teams was over uh, 15. It was over 10 points. That, that's why she didn't get 99. Uh, we move on to Little Slads versus uh, Ryan. Ryan was projected to win by 9. And he won by 11. Not bad. Um, Lamar, once again, was his team MVP with 34 and a half points. Uh, just missing like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson's point totals for the week. Uh, but he also had 23 from Kamara, 17 from Tyler Lockett, 11 from DJ Chark. And then he had the top um, IDP with Chase Young with 10 and a half, or t- top defensive lineman, I mean. So he had, had a great week. Uh, Little Slads had Jared Goff struggle. Derrick Henry and Todd Gurley played well. Tyreek and Robert Woods were steady. Uh, Teddy, Terry McLaurin and Jared Cook both had great games. Um, moving forward, Ryan, championship contender, will be 1-0. And then we get to the matchup of the week. Uh, this was an incredible matchup. Sterk was projected to win 172-169 to over D. Sladke. This matchup ended up being Sterk with 207.78 points versus D. Sladke with 203.5. A 203.5 point week and your team loses. That is rough. Um, I'm sorry, D. Sladke. Sterk had Josh Allen go off with 32 points. He had Chris Carson have 24.5. Josh Jacobs had 35.9. Juju had 24. Will, Will Fuller at 19, Darren Waller at 10, uh, David Johnson at 19. Uh, this It was insane the amount of points that were put up in this game. Um, D. Sladke had Drew Brees at 18, Christian McCaffrey at 28.5, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at 19, Landry at 11, 
Stefan Diggs had 16, Noah Fant had 19, Mostert had 25, and Robbie Anderson, who was in the running for a top receiver score, had 25 as well. Uh, yeah, that matchup was crazy. Um, and it looks like D. Slabke had the best possible lineup. He pos- Both of these guys had the top possible lineup they could have. That, that was an awesome matchup. Uh, that's definitely going down for a potential for matchup of the year. What did you think about week one, Logan? Yeah, just absolutely crazy. I was completely tuned into that D. Slabke, Stirk Daddy matchup. Uh, the fact that I stayed up the entire Broncos and Titans game, I was hoping for a little bit of drama. That game ended a lot farther apart than I was hoping it was going to be. I was hoping, like, Noah Fant catches a pass for 10 yards, and then he's only down by, like, one and a half points or something like that. And then it's, like, D. Slatke on the edge of his seat. By the way, guys, if you want to know about a barn burner, ask D. Slatke about his matchup with Conrad two years ago in our Goons League. Eli Manning fumbled a victory away from him. I cannot imagine the amount of anger he had from that matchup. But outside of that, I mean, Tyler beating Will, man, what an upset. Will was one of the least, the, like the <laughs> the lowest scores. Don't tell me that you ever saw that coming. He was project. He scored 66 points less than his projection. Injury definitely takes a toll on that as well. Uh, looking at some other teams, Andy scoring under 100 points. Hate to say it, but we might see a lot of that. Uh, Ryan beating Little Slads. That's big. That's a big win. And the biggest win probably was Randy beating you, still scoring 173 points with basically not his full-strength roster. Definitely something to keep an eye on. And you put up a good fight, too, with scoring about 150 points. That's still pretty respectable. Yeah, I was – if I put up my top lineup, I would have done it. And that's – yeah, that sucks. Can't really, can't really protect Randy's that, you know. Team. Yeah, exactly. Randy's team is very, very good. So let's talk about week two. And we have a lot of barn burner matchups. So I am playing against Randy right now. Sleeper's projecting I'm going to lose by about five points. Looking at the matchup, I don't really know what I'm going to be doing with my running back because I am not starting James Conner. I do not want to start Melvin Gordon if I don't have to because – playing against pittsburgh's defense we just saw what happened (laughs) with saquon so i'd prefer to not do that uh looking at randy's hopefully he can get miles sanders back actually not hopefully for me uh i think nick chubb will be a lot more involved this week just because he's playing cincinnati he's not going to be having to play from behind cincinnati is a pretty bad defense but looking at some injuries, Julio Jones, questionable. A.J. Brown, questionable. Mike Evans, questionable. Joey Bosa, questionable. Oh, my gosh. He has so many players that are banged up still. <laughs> so uh, it should be a good matchup. I think I'm going to lose just because for some odd reason, Randy's team always goes off. Oh, wait. That's because he's good. So looking at the next matchup, then we got Tyler versus Sterk. And Sterk is projected to beat Tyler by 25. I don't know if I even look at that projection because Tyler got so lucky last week. But also, Tyler didn't have any players that really exploded. Right now, his running backs are Latavius Murray and Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, I think, could be solid tomorrow. But like I said, it's probably going to be a Nick Chubb type game. Julian Edelman as well is questionable. So um, I don't think that Sturt Daddy scores a 200 points bold take here this week but um he's got the lineup to definitely comp- compete but looking at here i see juju and uh jameson crowder are both kind of banged up i know that juju mispracticed today uh jameson crowder actually pulled a hamstring on a touchdown that he scored last week which sucks because he'd be playing against the 49ers and they're going to be playing pe- catch up a little bit i think but also richard sherman isn't there so we don't know who's going to be covering jameson crowder I think that Sturk's going to end up winning that game and uh, putting an end to the backflip before it goes into two backflips. Then we got D. Sladke against Andy, and Sleeper projects that D. Sladke's going to beat him by 22 right now. Very curious what Andy does because she has all these new 
pieces. It looks like she's going to start Malcolm Brown at this current moment and Anthony Miller, even after con contemplating cutting him. Evan Ingram had a shit game last week, but also, don't know if you guys saw, he had two massive catches that were called back from P.I. Um, or holding on the offensive line. So Evan Ingram went healthy. He's still an interesting piece. I would not even consider getting rid of him at this moment. And then we have obviously have those two stud running backs on D. Sladke's end with CMC and CEH. Drew Brees, I'm curious what he's going to look like moving forward without his top weapon. His top weapon is now Emmanuel Sanders. Is that enough to sustain fantasy relevance? We'll have to wait and see. Or they're just going to run the ball like crazy. That could happen as well. Raheem Moster, he's going to absolutely explode against the Jets. Horrible defense, I think, as well. But it uh, will be interesting to see how that goes. Next game, then, we got Cascade Bear and Ryan. Sleeper has a 15-point win going to Ryan right now. We have seat covers at the quarterback for Jake. And then we also have uh, Joe Mixon and Aaron Jones. I love that running back duo for sure. But I also love Ryan's running back duo as well with Kamara and Drake. Wide receivers are interesting. Tyler Lockett's now there with Tyler, or sorry, Tyler Lockett's now there with Ryan. And then Kenny Galladay hopefully can get back in there. It looks like Jake at the moment is going to start Benny Snell in the flex. We'll see if he ends up doing that or not, depending on if James Conner actually is active. But uh, we'll see what happens. 15-point uh, projection for Ryan right now. Little Slads and Justin. The projection right now is a two-point win for Little Slads. I think it's going to be that close, to be honest. Jonathan Taylor is going to absolutely go off. I don't care about how good the Vikings' front line is. He's going to get a ton of work. Derrick Henry, obviously going to get a ton of work. He's going against Jacksonville. They're going to be winning most of the game, I think. And uh, they're not going to need to use much of their passing options. So, Devontae, pa or Devontae Adams against Detroit. Awful defense. I'm assuming Green Bay is going to be able to score a lot of points in that matchup. Mari Cooper also. Uh, Lance Thomas is currently starting for Justin as well. And then the Lizard King, he's still riding the hype train with that one. So we'll, we'll see what happens in this matchup, but Justin's projected to lose by two and a half in that game. And then we get to Spaceballs and Will right now. Sleepers, holy shit, projecting a 17-point victory for Spaceballs. The tides have turned, my friends. Will has gotten completely shafted by injuries. And uh, Aaron Rodgers versus Ben Roethlisberger. That's a great start for, for Will with Aaron Rodgers. The Lions defense is so bad. Eckler is going to be interesting because they're going to be playing from behind. So I think he should be out there most of the time just for some dump-offs. And uh, James Robinson versus Tennessee. He's definitely going to be out there because he's their best running back, to be honest. Chris Thompson looked like ass. Looking at some other options. Chris Godwin is in the concussion protocol. If he doesn't play, man, who is Will's wide receiver two going to be? Let's take a peek here. And survey says Larry Fitzgerald. Nice. So that would not be good. And then we have Allen Robinson and Emmanuel Sanders. I'm curious if Emmanuel Sanders really pops like people think with Michael Thomas being gone. George Kittle is also injured. If George Kittle doesn't play, guess what? Spaceballs also has Hunter Henry. That's big. And then we look at some of the other options. Tyler Higby. I know a lot of people were kind of low on him after this past week. Do not be. They ran 12-man fronts the entire game. And a lot of people were upset with that because Gerald Everett was out there. That's just the system that non-mask-wearing Sean McVay is going to do. So, um... Dan Bailey versus Justin Tucker. What a kicker matchup, that's for sure. And we'll see what happens with those IDPs. Now that fucking Tyler uh, stole my IDPs, I have no sense of understanding the value of an IDP since Alden Smith is not on Johnny Sins' team. I'm still salty about that. Thought I could definitely get him for three bucks. 
But man, looking at the ID at the uh, IR for a will, we got Le'Veon Bell. He's out for at least three weeks. Vander Ash is sounding like he's going to be out for six to eight. Denzel Mims, uh, two to three weeks as well. So uh, not good. And then he was dangling some quarterbacks. Some of you guys out there really need a quarterback. <coughs> Little slads. <coughs> oh, God. Something in my throat. Uh, so I would definitely go ahead and, and really listen to these people that have some quarterbacks out there. <coughs> Little slads. Oh, God. Can't, can't breathe. All right. So uh, that's what we got for this episode of the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. Looking forward to next week talking about some gulag, talking about some For the Throne. And uh, we will see you next time. Enjoy some football this weekend. Enjoy Bengals-Browns next week. Or, sorry, enjoy Bengals-Browns tomorrow in the battle for Ohio.